You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Okay. All right. Welcome to WTUZ Radio. And today's topic, whoo, ciao. I know we've all heard of this in passing. Um, It's kind of came up for me recently as I kind of watch how the entertainers, i.e. celebrities, are moving with uh, Rona. So what I mean by that is because basically the world, yeah, the world was shut down because of Rona, it really changed the way people earn a living, okay? So meaning if how you earn a living, you have to be face-to-face with the public, that severely limited your cheddar (laughs) or fiat, or if your particular job or profession requires you to be with a group of people, that severely limited the way you earn money. Now, here's the important catch with all of that. Companies at the end of the day, they do not like to take risk, okay? So, when the shutdown was issued because of Rona and, you know, whether or not you believe that was man-made plan, et cetera, et cetera, that's a different topic. And chow, y'all know anybody that's uh, been on the Facebook, YouTube platforms, y'all know that they've been shutting people's stuff down, snatching accounts, et cetera, et cetera, regarding that. So basically, Folks that need to make their money and because of, with crowds or you have to be around a crowd to make your money, companies don't like to take risk. So even when stuff started to quote, quote, open back up, a lot of these big corporations still did not allow their employees to gather in groups to perform their duties. So if you work a, quote, quote, nine to five corporate job and you're able to do it what we call remotely, well, guess what? All of a sudden, out of the blue, honey, they start setting up folks, computers, giving them software, Oh, no, you can work from home. That's even those call centers, family. Yeah, even the call centers. To this day, as I do this broadcast on 1221 and happy winter solstice and happy welcome to the age of Aquarius. Folks that are customer service agents, now they're able to do that from their home. Okay. Now, these same companies, by the way, had supervisors, y'all can't see me doing the quotations, in place 
to write people up for being late for work or watching when you went to the bathroom for a break, this, that, and the third. And when people would try to request to work from home, no, you can't work from home because nobody else gets to work from home. Now, all of a sudden, you can work from home. So basically, that was bull crap from the start. You should have been able to work from home all along. But with that said, I'm getting to the point, y'all. You, you know I'm long-winded sometimes. With that said, companies, when they open back up, they are not going to take the risk of someone contracting Rona because they were forced to come into their establishment for employment, all right? So they're still not allowing people to be on their premises to work. So what does that mean for celebrities? That puts most celebrities in a hell of a spot family, it really, really, really puts them in a hell of a spot, okay? You know, specifically the uh, movie industry, start watching this stuff closely because even new movies that are being released, <clears throat> now you're seeing these movies released on separate... I've seen it two ways. Uh, when Rona first kicked... In and, you know, stuff was totally shut down. I saw them exclusively releasing the movies on um, kind of like a pay-per-view thingy. Now I'm seeing it now that the theaters are opening back up. And mind you, AMC just went bankrupt. Now they were already on the crust of not doing so well because streaming has literally taken over. So in other words, people rather wait for it to come out where they can either pay for it via stream in their home or just wait until it's available on cable or whatever. So movie theaters were already hurting to begin with. Recently, AMC, which is a huge movie conglomerate, uh, went bankrupt, all right? So... Now that they have opened things back up, what I'm seeing is how they're releasing movies. You see them releasing it in the theaters, but they are also releasing it. I saw them releasing it like on um, HBO Max or another streaming service. So what that tells me, family, that the entertainment industry across the board, we're talking music already had a big, huge shakeup. We're going to talk about that in just a second. It already had a huge shakeup. Now we're getting into movies. Television has had a huge shakeup and they, it ain't television ain't done what they shake up. All right. So let's start with the music industry. And I'm gonna, this is all gonna tie into the soul contracts. So just bear with me. I'm trying to give a little history as well as talk about uh, where we are today and then swing back around and tie it all into soul contracts. Let's get to this muse, um, the music industry and how it got shook up. All right. 
So I'm a generational Xer, okay? So my particular generation, we were the generation that were the MySpace generation, and we were also Napster. So anybody that's a Gen X, you should know what that Napster is. For those of my millennials and my Zs, Napster was the first music streaming, okay? It was pre-Apple, okay? So what happened was <laughs> Napster was started by some dude, some programmer dude. I would have to dig up his name or you, you can go dig up dude's name uh, yourself, where he basically uh, put up a site where people could share file content. So meaning if you bought the Prince album, all right, <clears throat> whichever one it was, you wanted to load the Prince album, you loaded your, your files from your CD, you dragged your little files onto his particular site, then anybody else on the site could listen to that file or download that file. So you see the problem that this started to create, right? So basically... What was the point of anyone going and buying a whole quote, quote, Prince CD if I could go to Napster and just download it or listen to it for free? So this started to shake up the music industry big time because people weren't going in buying albums, okay? Now, if you back it up even further than that, the music industry always had a problem with trying to get each individual to buy these particular um, albums. We call them albums. So let me back up for my millennials. Millennials, you may know this. My Generation Zs and Ys. All right, beloves. Albums, what we call an album you had that particular artist had to put out a collection of songs. So, for example, Prince, Purple Rain. That was an entire album. He had different collections of songs on that. Um, when Doves Cry, Purple Rain, Darling Nikki, Child, I can't remember the rest, okay? So usually, at a minimum, I think they had eight individual songs on there, all right? So you would buy what we call an album. Now, sometimes, like in my mom's and them day, it wasn't too much in my day that they would put out singles on the vinyl records, and I think they call them 45s. So, for example, in the Prince uh, example, the hit would definitely be a 45 because they could be able to sell a lot of those. So let's say Purple Rain would be on side A of it, of the 45. It's a smaller record. You could flip it over and we call that the B side. Ooh, child, I'm dating myself, but that's okay. You flip it over on the B side and let's say uh, Darling Nikki. It wasn't as popular but that was a way to introduce 
that particular single, okay? All right, so when they started coming out with recording devices, so personal recording devices, then what you could do is put in a cassette tape and record from the album or the 45, or check this out, off of the radio onto your cassette tape. Okay, so that's even how the concept of, I know uh, my millennials and my Zs, you all heard of what's called um, underground mixtapes. Well, that's where they get the concept from because my particular generation, when we had the recording devices, and I remember the when the recording devices first came out, child, I was a, a young girl. I got it as a Christmas gift. Oh, I was about nine or 10. Oh, child, I was so happy. I would go around recording myself. Ooh, maybe that's why I'm interested in radio and podcasting today. Damn, just thought about that. Well, anyway, so I would go around recording myself, go around recording my brothers, interviewing them, my parents. And then I learned, hey, I could record music. So I would literally press record and play, put it up to the radio, turn it up, record my music, okay? Then I got into the teenage years. They came up with something called boom box. Now, what used to be offensive to me when I would hear Caucasian people say ghetto blasters, that shit used to piss me off. But anyhow, they were this uh, great big, really radio, portable radio that you could carry. And whew, child, that thing was, I've seen little ones. I had a medium-sized one, but then you also had the big ones. Uh, they came with a cord that you can plug in the wall, but you can also put D batteries. Yes, y'all, D batteries. It took a lot of D batteries. And you could listen to stuff off the radio. Now, the smaller ones, the first ones that were introduced, only had one cassette tape. So meaning you could let the radio play and then record your stuff. So that was us making mixtapes back up in the day, y'all. When the boom box came out, the big one, it had two, two cassette tapes. Side by side. So, child, let me tell you, let me tell you, baby, we was jamming back then. Because what you could do is you could record that fire good, good off the radio. So, meaning if you wanted a slow jam tape, all you had to do was wait to the nighttime. And when the fire DJ was playing all that fire slow music, baby, you get your tape record ready. Play, play for hour, two hours, however long that that tape would allow you to record, honey. And it was the front side and the back side. You was good to go. So you could take that one tape if you had that boom box. And now you could record from that one tape onto another tape. So that's how the whole concept of mixed tape started. This is for my... Uh, millennials, my Z's, and my Y's, okay, beloved? That's how the whole concept of mixtape started. So out of New York, 
when hip hop started and uh, before hip hop, there was something called house music, uh, which started underground in Chicago and New York. A lot of those DJs would, you know, mix different sounds and all that jazz, come up with nice beats and they would record their sessions. And it was dance music, very, very popular dance music. music in the clubs. So they were recording their sessions and then, and this was before those popular DJs were on the radio. Um, you know, folks would either, I don't know if they were giving out copies. I don't know how those early mixtapes got out. Okay. So that's how mixtapes got started. And so when hip hop came onto the scene, it was the same thing. <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, and shout out, to New York, all the different boroughs, because they are the fathers of that genre, okay? But they use that same concept uh, of the club music or the house music, where these DJs, or then they started calling them MCs, would record their particular sessions, and then folks would make it into a mixtape. Now, they got smart about theirs, because they would sell their particular mixtapes, all right? This was before hip-hop went mainstream, before hip-hop got big. And quite frankly, it was the pure years of hip-hop, okay? So with all of that said, that's how the um, music industry works. So Napster, getting back up to Napster... So if you can now just have people around the world post their music that they didn't already set up there and bought on this website and anybody that goes to this website can either listen to it or download it, the music industry started losing a lot of money. I mean, a lot. At first, it wasn't hitting them. But then it started to make sense to them, and they caught wind of it. So they were going back and forth fighting uh, with this Napster dude, a lot of legal stuff. Now, the interesting stuff about it, big industry takes a long time to change. I'm going to say that again. Big industry takes a long time to change because the first time they saw how big the concept of Napster got and the reason why Napster got so big, Napster didn't originally get big because people just wanted to steal music. It got huge because folk was tired of spending 12, 15, 18, 24 dollars for a CD with 12 songs on it when only three of them was five. Really, that's what we had to do back up in the day. If your favorite artist put out three incredible good songs all on the same album, or CD, because they went from albums to CDs, you had to buy the whole doggone thing just to listen to them three songs. 
and people would be just furious. So that concept from Napster, people were going in just downloading the popular songs that they wanted. Okay, because when you had that CD file, you could drag out just the particular songs that you wanted. So the music industry got word of that. And instead of them going on ahead and splitting up that shit off them albums, no, they want to sue, sue, sue again, sue again, shut down, suppress, suppress, block the technology, this, this, that, and the third. But it didn't matter. No matter how much they tried to sue, suppress, this, that, and the third, we stopped buying albums because it was a waste of money. So what was the response to us Gen Xers telling the music industry to go head on somewhere with that bull? The response was Apple Music. That was the response, okay? Now, a lot of the other artists in the music industry's defense, their artists were pissed as well because that was taking money out of their pockets severely because the way the artists get paid from those music deals, child, they have to sell so many records in order to become profitable, Because out of every dollar, they may get a couple of cents. Y'all hear what I said? So if I sold $1 worth, I'm only getting eight cents. And out of that eight cents, I got to pay manager, expenses from the record company, taxes. So that eight cent, let's even chop that in half to four cent. And I think I'm being generous chopping that in half. So artists already, y'all, ain't making no money off the riff. So if folks are not buying their music anymore, not only is it hurting the record company because they can't, quote, quote, recoup their cost, recoup their cost for the production and the promotion, yada, 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 this, that, and the third, and the greasing of the palms of the DJs, one, two, three, four, five. They're not making the money and neither is the artist. So the artists were also very much so upset. And don't get me wrong, I am not in any way trying to say that the record companies were wrong for being upset, nor the artists. I'm totally, totally, you're right. You're right. It was taking food out of all of their mouths. What I am saying is the industry did not recognize the change in trends of their listening audience and the technology behind it. So instead of trying to legally, although I can understand them legally trying to block stuff, they should have been working on, they should have been working on a similar platform to match 
what their listeners wanted, what their customers wanted. So it took the generational Xers or the people that's buying the music to say, now nah, y'all can go on with that. So they were playing catch up. So they kept the stuff in court legally and then miraculously, y'all can see me doing the air quotes, um, Apple Eye Music came out and that they say revolutionary eyes. It did. It revolutionary the way that we bought music and the way we buy music today. It totally changed the music industry on to the point, family, that now child artists, that's why you don't see artists make albums anymore because it's not profitable. So meaning the record industry said, wait a minute, scratch, scratch. That's something to this. I would rather spend initial money on one fire single that I can make millions off of than spend multi-millions making an album that will maybe hit it and that it would be harder for me to recoup my costs because the expenses are higher. Okay. So that's why now when you see a lot of these young artists that are coming out, it is by singles. I don't know too many people that make albums anymore, family. Only time you're really going to see an album now, <clears throat> if it's one of the established legendary artists that are taking their famous hits, and they can put it as a compilation. And or if, you know, multiple artists get together and do a compilation. But for the most part, what they call pop music and even down to rap music and pretty much every genre, maybe with the exception of, of jazz, which that has become its own niche. It's now only per single. All right. So that's just a little history on the music industry. Okay. We're seeing this same formula, not so much of what I just described in the music industry uh, with the history I gave you, but overall, what we're seeing is a shakeup across the entertainment industry on the way. Folks are consuming entertainment. So no longer, as we discussed with movies, do you have to go and sit in a movie theater. So what does that mean? That's going to cut out the middleman, which is the actual movie theaters. Okay. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Even with television. Now they're going to have to rethink how they're going to record or shoot 
sitcoms and even and even movies for for that matter. Okay, because of of Rona. All right. What I am suspecting, now th- this is just Rhonda's two cents. This is the way I feel. I don't have no receipts behind this. This is just the way I feel. I feel what they're going to do, they're going to start severely relying on technology to shoot these movies and to shoot these sitcoms. We're already seeing with uh, talk shows that have come back on the air, hell, even game shows, where they have a limited studio audience and they have a virtual audience. The main audience is virtual, okay? With the game shows, literally the only people that you see on set are uh, the contestants, and that's only a handful of them, and the actual production crew. The actual audience is um, virtual. So what does that mean? That means you need less production people. So a lot of production people are losing their jobs, et cetera, et cetera, all right? So technology is going to pick up the slack for the big production that it took to make movies as well as what it uh, takes to do um, sitcoms, game shows, etc. So less production cost means what for the studios? Less cost, all right? So they're going to rely more on editing, i.e. technology, to put together these shows, All right. So that's going to be a lot of jobs lost. All right. So artists, because of the way they get paid in their contracts, I'm back on music, the way the the musicians get paid. And I gave the example out of every dollar they may make four cents, you know, eight cent gross. And then after expenses, taxes and all of that, four cent on every dollar of sales, all right? So you have to have some heavy hitting sales. And if you have a horrible contract, meaning if you shit breathe, the record industry charging you for it. You drink a bottle of water, (laughs) they charging you for it. That gross eight cents, some artists have come out to say, and I think TLC was uh, the group that literally broke down how they went bankrupt, how they were making like either three cent or a penny on the dollar. All right. So they were already hurting in the beginning. So what musicians were particularly doing, they were doing live shows. So concerts, they were making special appearances at clubs and all of that jazz. And some of them, child, let me take a sip of my water. And some of them were also getting booked by the ultra wealthy. See, we tend to think that the entertainers that we see are wealthy. They're not wealthy, they're rich. 
And in most cases, they not even rich family because after all of the expenses, et cetera, et cetera, some of them may clear, if they're lucky, six figures, okay? What they, how they really were making their money was really through concerts, special appearances, uh, private performances by the wealthy, the ultra wealthy, okay? Um, a lot of artists were going over to Dubai, doing uh, shows or whatever, getting their money on. I know you all have heard of different artists that uh, have residencies in Vegas and they were getting paid, baby. Uh, I'm not sure if, well, Elvis wasn't the first to do it because you had... Um, uh, Frank Sinatra, Sammy's Davis Jr., the Rat Pack, them, uh, Rat, Rat Pack and them doing it back in the 60s. But I know Elvis, as his career was winding down, he had a residency in Vegas. Um, hell, a lot of artists were doing, notice I said were, doing residencies in Vegas making big money. I think Mariah Carey did one. Child, I can't even think of it all. So anyhow, think about that. With Rona, and since folks cannot be in these mass crowds like that, even all of that's been cut out. Club appearances, all of that stuff's been cut out. So wait a minute. If my bread and butter really wasn't with the music, my bread and butter was really with the appearances. I can't do the appearances no more. And also, if you're a big enough artist, you can get into merchandising and car cosmetics and all of that jazz. If folks have my fans, they're also losing their little jobs. Um, you know, they own unemployment, whatever the case may be. They're trying to survive. That means my merchandising is down. So as an artist, I'm being hit on all fronts. Okay. So this is why this entire entertainment industry, it has formally collapsed and now you're going to start to see 2.0 with artists, okay? And I'm here to tell you most of them, 99.999999% of them will not make it because it's going to be a total, total, total different ball game per se, all right? So now with all of that said, I know I had to give y'all a lot of stuff before that, but I wanted you all to have a clear understanding of the music industry and entertainment industry in general. Now, let's be clear, family. The entertainment industry in general, it's a lot deeper than we perceive. Some say that the, the entertainment industry is just for that, entertainment, leisure, something to make you happy, something to make you excited, something that you can believe in, something to inspire you, 
yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. From a spiritual perspective, entertainment is much, 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 much more. Okay? What entertainment is, it is to capture the listener or the observer's psyche. And with that capture of the psyche, it is for the purpose of providing a specific programmed message. So that is why you hear throughout the music industry, the entertainment industry slash movie slash television you hear and you see the same particular concepts, okay? Overly sexualized, uh, you know, high violence, uh, low values, materialistic, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Rarely do you see in entertainment anymore, upliftment, empowerment. Rarely do you see these things anymore. Just pure love, honesty, truth, okay? Entertainment is put out to control the populace psyche, which is seeped into the subconscious to keep the populace at a certain vibrational frequency, which is lower. Because if you can keep the population at a lower vibration, you can keep control of that populace. All right? So what does all this have to do, Rhonda, with the entertainment industry and soul contracts. Here's the thing. Let me sip my water. <laughs> Here's the thing. When these particular artists go in these contracts, now I don't know this for sure, y'all. This is just my pure speculation. This is just moi. <laughs> two cents in the matter. What we're seeing here, family, is when folks go into, these entertainers go into these contracts, they are going into the contracts for their particular skill, whether that be singing, whether that be acting, whether that be dancing, they're going into it for the purpose of monetary gain, power. Uh, they think control, but they soon find out that they have very little to no control. And the most addictive, the most addictive is fame. 
That's what the artists are going into the contract for. Okay. And some of it is to share their work with the world. It is an opportunity for them to share their particular artistry with the world. This particular organization or company, because of their distribution, can put out their body of work to the world, okay, i.e. fame. Here's what the music industry is getting. It's two folds, all right? First fold, we already know for sure. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to get that. Because that entertainment industry, they are making monetary gain from the artist's body of work. They are getting the lion's share of the artist from a monetary perspective body of work. All right. Now, in their eyesight as Big Brother Company, they're able to do this because they are putting up all of the risks. They're taking the risk and they are right. If they're, you know, putting out the money to promote this person, they're grooming this person, et cetera, et cetera, one, two, three, four, five. And if it's a flop, they're not going to get their money back. Okay. So when their eyesight, they should make the bulk of the money for that reason. Okay. Now, the flip side on the music industry, if that record or whatever takes off, they're going to recoup their costs. Every dime that they put into you as an artist, and then you get your cut. So really, their risk paid off for them for them, and then some, right? That's why the music industry is shady and it's the worst business to be in as an artist. You better off going back to the days of cutting you a damn cassette tape or CD and selling that shit out your trunk. That's what you better off doing. And just being a six-figure salary person putting out fire music rather than taking on the multi-million dollar deal because there's a lot that comes with those multi-million dollar deals. All right? So the music industry or the entertainment industry in general, that's what they're getting off the cuff. It's definitely the monetary gain. Here's the most important gains that they are getting that most artists, especially young artists, they don't get. They are getting the ownership of that artist's likeness. Yes, did you hear me? They are getting ownership of that artist's likeness. So when they go in and sign these particular contracts, these artists, they're signing more than likely also their brand as well, all right? So think about Prince, 
Prince was a brand. That is a brand. Okay? So they're selling that. So anything attached to that Prince label, that particular industry, depending on that contract, owns. So not only do you own my music that I created, that I put out, now you control the actual image of me, my essence of me as well. Hmm. That sounds like a spiritual contract to me, family. That's the deep side of what we're getting at here. Now, I don't know for sure it's been said by some artists that they sign soul contracts. So meaning artists that get really like ultra big, they know before they take that next ultra big step to become mega superstars, that they are signing oaths and spiritual contracts. And they get into these oaths with getting into these secret societies, et cetera, et cetera. So those secret societies and oaths, they're tied to spiritual contracts. That's why you see these artists that, you know, use the same hand gestures, all of that particular uh Jazz, they won't go against the industry. Well, in their defense, the flip side of that is if the industry is feeding you, then no, they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. Um, But the secret oaths that are taken to make it to that that next level are really spiritual contracts. All right? Those behind the door, unseen to the public eye and most eyes, and the only way you know about it is if you're in that particular click or oath, are being made. Okay, so just real quick, let's go to an article that I pulled up here. All right, so this article, this particular article was put out by a website called Elite Agenda. And uh, when did they put it out? It's been a minute ago. This was in 2014 by Finn Jake. It says uh, 10 celebrities who said they sold their souls to Satan. All right. Now, if you are in the esoteric uh, or spiritual stuff and you, you follow this stuff pretty closely, uh, you, would ha- you should know when folks talk about who's Satan, who's Lucifer, this, that, and the other, uh, what I've seen folks talk about the most is Lucifer or Lucy, uh, which in the esoteric community also represents the light bearer, but there are certain folks that have turned it into a religion and also created secret societies 
and they harness energy with these particular occult energies. All right. So back to the article. So this is from Elite Agenda. Imagine it is true for one second, the fact that you could actually sell your soul to Satan for a human lifetime of success and riches. Do you think more people would do it if they knew it would work? The fact is, yes. I do think more people would sell their souls to the devil if they thought something would come from it. America is full of people who think life owes them something. People who somehow think there is some easy way to get rich or successful. Guess what? I'm pretty sure there isn't. But even then, it makes me laugh that some people would be willing to take the risk. So you would potentially give your soul an eternity of torment for a good life here on earth. Regardless of your religious disposition, once you look at this list and see how many well-known celebrities have said they sold their souls to the devil, it makes you wonder what their religious disposition is and why they openly support evil. Hollywood displays symbolism of devil worship and Illuminati control, so it is no surprise celebrities slip up and admit it here and there. Like I said at the beginning, if you knew it would work, would you do it? Well, in honesty, it does kind of seem like it worked for most of these people so far anyway. Here are 10 celebrities who said they sold their soul to the devil. Please note, this probably won't work as well for you. So don't try this at home, kids. All right. So uh, bear with me, my millennials and my uh, Generation Z and why you all probably don't know this person. Uh, us Xers, we know it from our grandparents. So Robert Johnson. Uh, all right. So. You need to start with the list of the most memorable and well-documented cases of someone selling their soul to the devil in all of pop culture. The great American blues musician who claims he went to the crossroads and sold his soul to Satan so he could be one of the best blues guitarists in history. What is even weirder is the people who claim they saw him play guitar before this and the people who saw him play guitar after he claims this happened. Witnesses say it was like hearing and seeing a different guitarist. There is nothing anyone could play that Robert couldn't play after having heard once. The artist himself did little to dispel the rumors, even recording songs about this very fact. All right, so this is the blues artist Robert Johnson. Of course, the weird way he died cannot help but cause people uh, but cause people to think that maybe the contract was true. Also, he started the 27 Club of Famous Musicians who randomly died at 27 years old. Did he sell his soul? Truth is, only he knows. All right, so that's the first one, y'all. Uh, Robert Johnson. Now, that club of 27, y'all, uh, I can go back to, like, the people in the 60s, 1960s. So, um, Jimi Hendrix, uh, who was also a great guitarist, by the way, he 
transitioned at 27. Janis Joplin, uh, she was a Caucasian woman. I want to say she was out of Texas. Hell of a soulful voice. Hell of a soulful voice. She transitioned at 27. Um, damn, I could, can see the other man's face just as clear as day, and I can't call this name. But anyhow, just, just Google the um, the 27 Club, artists that died at 27. All right? So that's what they mean when they say the 27 Club. Now, from the esoteric standpoint, if you add 7 plus 2, equals nine. Nine in esoteric means ending. So beginning and ending. So that's awful suspect. Is it a coincidence? Maybe so. That those ultra famous folks checked out at 27, right? So back to these spiritual contracts. This is what we're talking about. The spiritual contracts in the entertainment industry. Bob Dylan. Who would have thought this great folk music pioneer would say something so intense? The reality is I would not have believed this entry myself if I didn't see him make the confession on national TV. Also note, when you watch that clip, Note how delicately he dances around actually saying it outright. He sorts he sort of talks in code at first. Like we know, I'm sorry, like we just know selling your soul to the devil is an actual thing. It also makes sense as to why he looks and sound like they reanimated courts now. All right, so y'all can go uh look up Bob Dylan saying he sold his soul to the devil. You can go look it up on YouTube. All right, y'all. Okay, here we go for my millennials and my Zs, my generation Zs and Ys. Eminem, you know this one makes sense. How else, child, she finna go in. (laughs) How else can you explain a white man going up in hip in the hip hop game and being one of the greatest MCs of all time. There has to be something somewhat supernatural going on there, right? Plus, you hear a song like Rap God, and it makes you realize not only is he claiming false worship by calling himself a god, he is also rapping at the fucking speed of light. Pretty sure. Us normal mortals cannot do that without having our voice box burst into flames. Also note, also it should be noted, Eminem loves controversy. So for him to say something that would muster some is actually not that shocking. This is the dude who has a song where him and his then baby daughter buried her mom, who in the song Eminem just killed, Pretty dark stuff, which I think is standard when dealing with L devil. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to see. Okay, so y'all can um, go check out Eminem's lyrics. And this is uh, the example that they're giving is 
my darling Eminem. All right, so y'all can check that out yourself. Okay, and so then they go on and on. Y'all know uh, Roseanne Barr came out blasting about the uh, industry in general and all of the satanic stuff that was going on. Um, so let's see what she says about Roseanne Barr. See, you kids thought I was doing rock stars, but that would be too easy. The reality is it's not just rock stars. The idea is to attain riches and celebrity status by any means necessary, okay? So remember, when I talked about the difference between being wealthy and rich, rich can be snatched away easily because you're always controlled, all right? Take, for instance, the footage of Roseanne Barr saying she sold her soul to the devil when she was 12 years old. Jesus, the dude is mad shady. He even makes deals with children. Please note the audience's awkward laughter. But really, nothing indicates she is kidding here at all. It is actually a sad and daunting story. But people laugh because often when faced with things like this, we don't know how to react. We sometimes laugh when something scares us or is too big for us to understand. And I think that this is the case. Here. Now, interestingly enough, um, okay, she's going to mention it here. I'll read what she had to say because I was going to go in on how, you know, now Roseanne is supposedly and allegedly exposing in the industry for allegedly and supposedly the satanic rituals that they're doing, blah, blah, this, that, and the third. So I questioned that. Um, because if you were a part of that establishment and you ate from that establishment's hand, i.e. the devil's hand, and you admitted yourself that you sold your soul, um, Roseanne ain't never been all of that from me, to me, you know, no shade intended, you know, not trying to be disrespectful, that's just my personal preference. She's never been all of that to me. So meaning kind of would make sense why she would have to make some type of deal in order for them to grant her her career. So now you didn't ate pretty good off of the riches. Now all of a sudden you want to expose them Okay, uh, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. Don't get me wrong. I hope that I am wrong and I apologize fully in advance if I am wrong. If that is truly her intention from her heart. Um, you know, just it does not appear to me that that particular, that the industry or the machine as they call it, would allow her to do that without severe consequences. Severe consequences. Because when these particular entertainers are taking these oaths, you know, part of that oath is secrecy. So if you break in that oath, there has to be consequences behind it. And 
why would she be allowed to go to different platforms to expose said alleged activities, satanic activities, all right? So now that's just my two cents. Okay, so back to what the author said. Also, please note, Roseanne has the whole molested turned into sex slave and had multiple personality things going on, which we will delve deeper into in a future article. The selling of souls in Hollywood and the screwing of children go hand in hand, sadly. I wish I was kidding, but I am not. All right, y'all, millennials, my Generation Z and Generation Y, okay? Y'all finna love these next people. Ooh, baby. Y'all finna love these next little few people. Now, I'm gonna say, I don't know this for sure. I don't know these people's personal life. And they don't know who the hell I am, don't care who the hell I am. I ain't benefiting from them, and they show in the hell ain't benefiting from me. So all of this is alleged, all right? According to this particular article and just looking at the industry as a whole and looking at how the artists move and knowing the esoteric meaning behind the things that they do, to me, this is my personal opinion. I don't have any proof of it and it's allegedly. Something is going on appears to me that they are under some type of oath, i.e. spiritual contract for the sake of their fame, their monetary gains, and even their particular public persona identity. All right. Rihanna. This is about as subtle as a moose kick to the, oh, uh, y'all said, she said, kick to the D. Mm. Ah, back to the, the music. Okay, so why, why she was saying that this is about as subtle as a moose kick to the D. It starts with the D, ends with the K, right? Trying to keep this semi-decent. <laughs> Because Miss Rihanna is in a black Grim Reaper hoodie throwing up the Baphomet sign, which is the devil horns. So when we talk about that, that's what the devil horns means. And she got on the fingers all of these skull rings. All right. So that's what she said. This is about as subtle as a moose being kicked in a blank. Ah, back to the music. The one place Satan really seems at home. We all know Rihanna has a very dark and tumultuous ride to fame. She grew up in Barbados and had a choice between graduating from high school or pursuing a career in music. Fast forward and now she's one of the biggest stars in the music industry. Is it me? Or are you seeing a pattern here as well? Rihanna not only has songs that seem to embrace her dark side, 
but she has made no attempt to hide or mask it, unlike other people on the list. We all may listen and look on thinking she is just doing all of this for a reaction, but look deeper. Chow, she's going to go in. <laughs> ah, who signed her? Jay-Z, of course. Not only a fellow soul seller, he will be further up the list because he is much more prolific in his uh, satanic worship. But a man who is maybe the most powerful person in all of music right now, is that a coincidence? No, frankly, it is not. But back to Rihanna. It could also be said that if you look at her magazine spreads and cover, Rihanna is often doing very dark and uh, macabre photo shoots. One thing has her as Medusa, which we have seen many times. Rarely do you see her walking a puppy <laughs> or smiling. More often than not, you see her covering one eye and making devil horns with her hand. In her interview with Angie Martinez, she was asked why her hand was covering her eye on the album cover. And quite frankly, family, I'm surprised that Angie Martinez asked her that. Because Angie Martinez has been around long enough. I'm sure she done heard these same doggone rumors. So I'm quite frank, I'm shocked that she even asked her that. Her answer, now y'all, yeah, she said this child, re, beloved, if you said this now, you was on some other mess. I don't even know why you, if you said this, why you said this. Supposedly and allegedly her answer, according to this article, her answer, because I am a devil worshiper, what are you talking about? She tried to soften that unconvincingly, saying she's just kidding, before they both quickly changed the subject to the usual sex and drinking. The interview ends with Angie saying, you are so not kidding, by the way. Child. Ooh, honey. Honey, hunty, hunty. Clutching the invisible pearls. Whew. You know, before I move on to Hova, it just makes me wonder if, you know, we, we know that it is shock value in some cases. But is it other cases where they're given a soft disclosure? Or is it cases where these particular oaths and spiritual contracts and, you know, folks that are allegedly, allegedly involved in these activities are, you know, going to different ceremonies or performing different ceremonies and, you know, doing particular rituals and they're conjuring up things, i.e. sharing spirits that they are invoking. Could it be that? Could it be some of that? Could it be all of that? Could it be none of that? Because I just think that's fascinating for folks to even come out and say some messed up stuff like that. I mean, 
What's more precious? What's more coveted? What's more powerful than your soul? I ain't finna sit up here and joke about my soul for no MF. It's off limits. So that that's just all the way deep to me. It's really, really deep. And it's something that we, as the quote, quote, populace, we have to pay attention to these things. Specifically, we have to pay attention to what we are taking into our energetic space. We have to pay attention to what we are allowing our babies to take into their energetic space. We have to teach our babies the importance of their spirit, of their sequences, of allowing or selling for goods, for fame, for whatever the case may be. Now, I am doing this uh, particular recording for um, this show on the winter solstice, December 21st. So this particular day uh, on 2020 is actually quite a special one because we're entering in, we have entered into what we call on the cycle of the procession of equinox, the age of Aquarius, right? So just to keep it simplified, you know, that means a huge energy shift going from one previous energy to another previous energy at a higher vibration, right? So long story short, the energy that you put out, it's coming back to you in return at a faster rate. And what that also means is that if you cannot balance your energy and get in tune with the planet's energy, things are going to be harder and harder for you. The Aquarius age is also known as the age of knowing. Okay. So all of these things, all of these secrets that were held in the former Pisces age, which represented the fish, the, the Messiah age, representing gatekeepers, being the holders of the information, all of that is over or going through a Messiah in order to get your salvation, to reach spiritual heightness. All of that is over in the Aquarian age. So big disclosures have been made since 2012. And that could be a part of what these folks or these particular entertainers are coming out saying these things as well. That very well could be a part of it. Big disclosure is, in, is at hand. 
So it's even more important that we take the ownership and responsibility for our souls, for our consciousness. And this particular podcast, I'm calling it WTUZ, which is Truth Uncompromised Radio Podcast Soul Consciousness. It is our time to take full ownership of our soul consciousness and put out high vibrational positive energy that we all, that we all can benefit from, that we all can benefit from, that we all can have an abundance. Let's be creators to create where there are any shortages. There aren't any shortages. There is an abundance where folk are free to practice their uh, particular artistry and get in return what they put out with that artistry. That's where we are now, family. So it is very, very important for us to wake all the way up and reevaluate whom we give our energy to and whom we give our trust to and whom we look up to and what we place our value in. To show you how sick the society is, folks are worshiping these particular artists and the content that the particular artists put out does not resonate with a high frequency. And they're getting this worship and this praise because they're able to put up the persona of riches, bells, and whistles. But what's not being shown to the public is the heavy price that they're paying behind the scenes. All right? I.e., those soul contracts. Those oaths. All right, so let's get into Jay-Z. How much longer could I go on in this article and not talk about the main man right now? Jay-Z has made no attempts to hide his devil worship and has gone so far as to make it an active part of his clothing line. I mean, come on, to quote the tagline of the Satanist Aleister Crawley, do what thou wist is just brazen, okay? So you all can research yourself who Aleister Crawley is. Um, a lot of entertainers, y'all, a lot of entertainers worship that man. Uh, and what he was basically doing was taking the occult sciences, right? And the occult sciences are not inherently evil. 
It's like anything, what you do with it. So that's just like saying sex is evil. No, sex is not evil. It's what you do with it. Okay? So research him. And you'll see a lot of celebrities tied to him, uh, taking pictures with blood, uh, sending a shout out in their particular music. He recruited a lot of people in their whatever particular order he has, I'm assuming he has an order. That's that, you know, I don't know that for sure. I'm just assuming. Uh, whatever order or whatever occult sciences he put together. This is not a dude who is just alluding to the fact that he may have gone to the dark side for the great power and wealth. This is a dude who claims he sold his soul. We can see the results. Think about it. A Brooklyn-born rapper is a household name in 2014. Think about the insane unlikelihood of that. Yet here we are, and Jay-Z is integrated into every aspect of money and wealth in the world right now. He even does shit with his wife that would get any of the rest of us in serious trouble, yet dude doesn't catch any heat. How is that? Well, me thinks Jay-Z not only sold his soul, but now works at recruiting others. I mean, look at the evidence. Okay, so since here, uh, Jay-Z has been filmed, damn it, what's that lady's name? That Maria uh, lady, y'all, the spirit cooking lady. Y'all have to go look up the lady herself. Um, you know, he's been seen with her. Um, so it appears, and this is still allegedly, I don't know Jay-Z. He definitely don't know me. He don't give a damn about me. And that, you know, do want to put that disclaimer out there. This is allegedly, it appears that he is in some type of order, i.e. spiritual, uh, soul contract. Now, since this 2014, we know uh, Jay-Z has even kicked it up a notch because he is in the billionaire club, right? Okay, so we're going to get to um, his Olede. <laughs> Olede. All right. Okay, first of all, you have his wife. Note, she adopted the dark and creepy Sasha Fierce character after having been locked down by Jay. Seems like a nice young girl, and suddenly you have this. So they show a picture of Bay, uh, you know, throwing up the Hova sign, which is really a pyramid sign, which is really trapping and harnessing the energy that's from an occult standpoint. Right in her Sasha Fierce um, alter ego. Now let's talk on that alter ego stuff, y'all. Get to sip water. Excuse me. She's not the only one that takes on alter egos or characters. All right, uh, you have Nicki Minaj that took on uh, Roman which so happened to be some type of Catholic priest, if, if I remember correctly. Now, this is getting out of my generation. So forgive me up in advance if I'm not 
uh, getting it properly together. But she took on the persona of uh, a character, Roman, who was a Catholic priest. And it looked pretty de demonic to me. All right. A lot of the celebrities, when they get ultra big, they take on an alter ego. Now, some may say that it's just literally just that. It's an alter ego character. Some may say it's some type of demonic um, possession that has taken, they have taken on um, just for that. It, just because of the dipping and dabbing in the occult and the spiritual soul contracts that they have created, that they evoked another entity that is housed in their psyche, which splits their quote, quote, personality, i.e. the alter ego. All right. So this is supposedly and allegedly what Bay said. A quick shout out to me, boy, Satan, holla. I know we can all laugh and scoff. Um, note the trend on the list. It is what we do when we are scared. But how can you not see the results? Another one who went from slightly popular to household name pretty much overnight. All right, so now y'all know we cannot do this type of discussion. I'll mention our boy, Yeezy. Okay, now remember, this is back in 2014 that uh, this person wrote this article. And again, this is Elite Agenda. I got it off EliteAgenda.com. 10 celebrities who said they sold their soul to Satan by Finn Jake. Uh, this was written in 2014. All right, so now we gonna get down to Yeezy. I will say right off the jump, he is one on the list who seems the most embattled with the cost of what may come with selling your soul. Kanye is an extremely talented celebrity who has made no attempt to hide the fact that with his lifestyle comes evil. Where does he say he sold his soul to the devil? All right, so they, you know, give a video, YouTube video link, uh, blah, 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 blah. YouTube video uh, discuss where... Jeezy pretty much had a breakdown on stage. Y'all should have seen this, that uh, particular breakdown. It's pretty famous where he said he sold his soul. Okay. Um, now, I do want to put this claimer out there, disclaimer out there about Jeezy. We also know that uh, Jeezy, he does have a mental illness. He is bipolar. Okay. So meaning, you know, he has to take medicine and if he doesn't stay on his meds, whew, he has meltdowns. But even with that said, that still doesn't negate the fact that he spoke that about him allegedly selling his soul. And it's not like he was the first to say that. All right. And so since this has been published, uh, Yeezy 
had lost a lot of wealth because he was trying to break into the fashion industry. Then he got the wealth back. Now he's that billionaire status, but he's kind of been up and down and all over the place as far as his mental health is concerning. Uh, now he is open in the public about his mental health. Uh, but it appears that he ha he still has public meltdowns, okay? So, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, any one of these artists, I would... I wouldn't want anyone to be trapped if that is the case, you know, allegedly and supposedly. We don't know. We don't know these people. This is all speculation. But if it is true, I wouldn't want any celebrity to be trapped in such a cycle. Because at the end of the day, that wealth, and it's not even wealth, let me back up, those riches, it can't compensate for your soul consciousness because your soul consciousness, it's eternal. It's eternal. That's your true legacy. That's what can't be destroyed. That's the true power. And for that to be trapped in a bottle, per se, i.e. genie in the bottle, it's quite sad. It's really, really quite sad. All right, let's go on to the next one. Uh, how many more we got? Chow. Okay, we got three more. Darn, I know we're probably a little bit over an hour. I, I'm trying to keep these particular podcasts, a little bit over an hour. If you are a subscriber subscriber to us on um, YouTube under Truth Uncompromised, you know that we get down. We do like four-hour minimum on our programming. Uh, we go into uh, deep spirituality things and do uh, other series. So I created this podcast in order to have another mechanism to get out information and, you know, put them out on kind of an impromptu basis and, and keep them at a uh, shortened time span. Okay, Lady Gaga. Again, when mentioning Lady Gaga, we approach it with a grain of salt because we know how much she thrives on attention of any kind. But with that disclaimer aside, look at all the photos with her doing satanic hand get, uh, gestures and standing with iconic evil imagery. Maybe when she does stuff like this, she is doing it for attention. But as expected, Lady Gaga is not saying I'm just joking and makes no attempt to even say downplay it. Much like the Rihanna interview, Jimmy Kimmel ignores it quickly as well is there a kitchen? She just swore to Lucifer. The first question is, there a kitchen? Instead, she just makes public declarations of her love for the devil and then goes on about making her millions and millions of dollars. All right, so Lady Gaga was another one that was with the spirit cooking lady, the Maria Broad. And there are pictures floating around with her 
on the internet at a session. Oh, yeah, it's it's just it's so demonic Ooh, to even picture that picture in my head. Uh, eating a body. It wasn't a body. It was a cake made in the likeness of a human body uh, with blood and all. Okay. So it seemed pretty ritualistic to me. And there was other pictures of her with the spirit cooking lady uh, and all of this pain and all of this jazz. And she really looks up to that spirit cooking lady. So it does not surprise me that she would um, come out and say these things if she is that deep into the occult. Allegedly, she's that deep into the occult. All right, so, but there is a rub. You see, with pop stars and celebrity, the problem is young people idolize them. Totally agree with this author. Young people look up to what they do and try to emulate it. The problem now is that you may have your kids selling their soul to Satan without knowing the potential serious implications of that. It may seem awesome to be rich in this life, but to potentially sodomize for eternity by the devil's fork-shaped, I'm not going to say what his shape, for, uh, sport shaped is would be pretty awful. There is no amount of money that would make that seem alluring. Next one on the list, whew, Snoop Dogg, y'all. And I saw um Uncle Snoop. He ain't my uncle because we about the same age. He's in my generation, but I know uh you know my millennials. Uh, my Generation Z and uh, Y beloves. Yeah, I look up to Uncle Snoop. It's Uncle Snoop. Now, he is getting wiser in his years, as we should be. You know, heck, we've been in the, on this realm. You know, most of, uh, most of us, we're pushing 50 or we are 50. So we should be wiser, okay? We should be setting an example, Okay, but here's the thing. When we talk about legacy, can these artists honestly look themselves in the mirror? Minus the riches, the wealth, the the bells, the whistles, the fame. Can they look themselves in the mirror and say that they have left a legacy that they can be proud of? What energy have they emitted across the plane to make the world a better place? See, when we talk about soul consciousness, that is what we are speaking on. How many of them can look in the mirror and get real with themselves, look at their soul? And say what legacy they are truly leaving. All right. Snoop Dogg, satanic or nay? We love us some Snoop, seriously. 
Well, I know Satan Worshipper was big in the music in business, but I didn't think it was as prolific in rap, music, and hip-hop as it actually is. Not only does Snoop say, Snoop Dogg say he sold his soul, but he writes a whole song and bases it a whole album around the concept. It should also be noted that it could be said Snoop's dealing with Satan may have helped him when it came to his dealings with the law. Dude was nabbed for a shooting and then just kind of let go. Yeah, shit like that doesn't happen to normal people. Absolutely right. So just to recap on that part, uh, remember Snoop had, had to go to trial all this jazz for allegedly being involved in the shooting. So I guess what the author is alluding to, any other person would not have gotten out of that, walked out of that scot-free unless they had some type of connections. And this particular author is alluding to because Snoop has taken an oath, i.e. sold contracts, he was able to walk away from something like that, okay? And supposedly, you know, that that's allegedly. We don't know that for sure. But what we do know is that the average black man is not able to do that. All right, so the last one, in case that could be very much his own article and maybe uh, will be soon, we have Katy Perry. The best way to sum this up is daughter of an evangelistic mom and pops who was recording Christian music until she realizes there was no money and fame in that. Then she records a song about making out with other chicks. Bam! Flash forward, flash forward to her mom writing articles now, offering up advice on how to save your uh, prodigal. So how did Perry respond to her mom's passive-aggressive Attacked by going full Satan at the Grammys earlier this year. Checkmate, check and mate, Satan wins it again. Foregone confusion as well. Okay, so uh, again, just if you want to reread this article, it's called uh, off of the website Elite Agenda. And it is, this. the title of this article is 10 Celebrities Who Sold Their Soul to Satan. All right? So I know I've held you all long enough with this particular uh, show, The Entertainment Industry and Soul Contracts. Uh, what I wanted the family to get out of this, of course, is, is not only just an awareness, and no, I'm not the first person to talk about this um, by any means, it was two folds just to put it out there for those who weren't aware and a reminder for those who are aware and also to tell the family to pay attention to how the entertainment industry is about to change drastically, right? Everything is going to go cyber and digital, 
you're going to see most celebrities, 99.9999% of them not make it anymore because the technology that is being ushered in will be used differently. They're, they're not going to need these personas, right? So that's one thing. So that's why you're seeing a lot of these celebrities. Now they're becoming YouTubers. Now they're becoming podcasters. When, you know, they look down, they, they wouldn't even run to the podcasters and YouTubers to do the interviews. You know, now not only are they running to the big platforms, but they're also trying to start their own platforms because the total entertainment industry has collapsed and there is going to be a re-up, a renegotiation on these sole contracts, on the ones that they want to make it, okay? So pay attention. When you see these celebrities that have left off of the scene, their sole contract was either up, so meaning when they signed their sole contract, they were given a, a specific amount of time for fame, so that particular persona had to be retired, all right? Now, all of this is not for the purpose just to keep you entertained and to keep you happy. You think they care about you being happy and you being entertained? No, it is to push an agenda to keep you at a certain vibration rate. So you can be controlled and where you could never reach your full potential as a free spiritual being that has access to unlimited abundance. To a free spiritual being with an infinity soul consciousness that can create your own reality. See, you as a free infinity being with an eternal soul consciousness, you don't need an industry to make you. You make yourself. You are the creator. So I hope this helped you all, family. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, leave me some type of message. I think you can, on this particular podcast, you can uh, leave messages. So leave me a message. Let me know what you think. And if you want to check out our other body of work, you can check us out on YouTube under Truth Uncon. Pro Eyes. So U N C O N P R O M E Y E Z E D. Truth Uncompromised. We're on YouTube as well. We have a great body of work there. So you have been listening to your host, Rhonda, and this is W T U Z Radio. I wish all of you peace, love, and success.